to rage? We are ready. Hi, everybody. This is the Ready to Rage podcast. I'm Cindy Scanlon. And I'm Ashley McCoy. And we're your girls for all things fashion, a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of feelings. Today, we're really excited because it's our Halloween special. A little bit spooky today. A little bit spooky, but not so spooky that you need to turn it off. And it's going to be fun and spooky. (laughs) Yes. And this week, we're covering some Halloween movies, some iconic Halloween movies and their costume design. Yes, it's going to be very costume design, movie centered. And then we'll get into like our own little like Halloween spooky stories at the end. Uh, I just want to remind everyone listening right before we dive into it that this is our last episode of the month. So we're excited to go out with a little Halloween bang. You could save this for even Halloween day if you want to be super spooky. But we take the last week of the month off and it keeps us sane. So we are not sorry about it. No, I'm happy about it. I really do enjoy this new structure we have. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I know a lot of podcasts still do like every week, but it's just the two of us. So it's really hard to edit all of that all the time because we both work, like I work full time and we're in class. Well, not even at like you work a nine to five full time and then you're in a business class and then you're doing your own business. And then I have two jobs and almost full-time school and our podcast and I'm planning the wedding right so and I'm making her wedding dress and oh my god I don't I forgot and you're making my wedding dress which is like a whole thing so we're both extremely busy so this is like this a this is the best idea you've ever had b thank you (laughs) b like I think we can just take our time, produce much better content, focus on better topics. So yeah. (laughs) Better money, better bitches, my shoes better. I work harder. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Do you, so we have two iconic movie franchises we're covering today. Do you want to do spooky or fun first, Ashley? I think fun first, ease you guys into it. Oh gosh. (laughs) And I think that this one just had a lot more fanfare around it. I think you're right. So we'll start. So I'm going to be covering the costume designs behind Hocus Pocus 1 and 2, which let's be honest, is probably like the most iconic Halloween costume designs of all time. I would argue. I would say on the fun aspects, because it's not like a horror movie, it's like a fun movie definitely it's very recognizable and um I love that it's so recognizable I feel like you can just put the silhouette of just their hair on a t-shirt and you know exactly who it's referring to yeah it's super well known it's just really fun and lighthearted. I always I'm not okay I know you watch like scary movies and horror films but I'm indifferent about them and Austin hates them. So I never watch like spooky movies. So every year when Halloween rolls around, I wish that there were more Halloween movies like Hocus Pocus or I mean, I love Halloween Town, but kind of like kid movies that aren't too kiddish, if that makes sense. Like I wish there was more in that genre. I love Halloween Town. And fun fact, if you guys didn't know, Marnie got married to Calabar's son, like the the villain. They're actually together in real life. 
Like they got married. You a you would know that. B I really don't like saying the name Calabar out loud. I really don't like it. <laughs> it's I mean it's a good villain name. You're like ew. Like he sounds evil. His name is Calabar. Doesn't she call him Chocolate Bar? She's like, hey, Chocolate Bar. When she's so like, cute. Trying to um, light up the pumpkin again at the end. I still haven't watched Halloween Town um, this October yet, but I spent all weekend watching scary movies and looking up my movie and other scary movies to see what I wanted to cover. So I feel well versed in like horror movies, but not so much like kid friendly, fun, spooky movies. Although yeah. we did watch Haunted Mansion. Well, I'm not, I don't want like a Casper. I just want to be clear. I'm not looking for like a kid, kid movie, but I also really liked Hubie Halloween because it was, I mean, Alessandra knows we're on the same page about this, a friend of the podcast. It was so bad. It was good, but it wasn't really like a kid movie because there were like crude, like jokes, like sprinkled in here or there. I just want something. I want to be, have like that small town feel like Salem, like Massachusetts. Like there needs to be more just like, PG-13 family fun movies, I feel. Oh my God. Speaking of Salem, at the end, I do have a story about Salem because I went last weekend, I think. Yeah. Yeah, So exciting. I got some, it's small, but something spooky happened to me. Perfect. Okay. Wait, I have something I want to say about Salem too, but we got it. We got to do it. Okay. We got to be organized. Okay. So I will talk about Hocus Pocus costumes. Then when we start about Pocus Pocus 2, we will talk about our feelings about the movie as well. Amazing. Okay, okay. So Hocus Pocus, the designer was Mary E. Vaught, I think is how you say it, V-O-G-T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that sound correct in French to you, Ashley? O-T-G. V-O-G-T. Vaught? Yeah. All right, whatever. Sorry, Mary, if I'm doing you dirty. I don't mean to. I'm just tired. Okay. <laughs> So Mary is known for her work on Crazy Rich Asians, Men in Black, Batman Returns, and Hocus Pocus. The director of the first Hocus Pocus movie, his name is Kenny Ortega, and he had a background as a performer, so he was more lenient about the costume design in terms of making it fun and like magical rather than the stereotypical plain black witch costume. And Mary really didn't want that like plain black you know, it's been done before. So when she started with Winnie's costume, the green dress, she picked green because it matched Winnie's hair color. So that was the starting point of the costumes. And then it was really funny because she, the, there's symbols on Benny Miller's dress, which I don't know as a viewer, maybe I'm just not that detail oriented, but I never really noticed them before. Did you? I didn't know there were symbols on there. There's symbols all over it. So I guess we don't pay attention. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen so, the movie like literally a million times. I'm like, what symbols? Me too. I watch it every year. And I was reading it like, what? And then they're so obvious. Like if you look up a picture, they're very obviously on the dress. Oh, wow. So yeah. So it's funny because they're like, we didn't want to accidentally use like ancient evil symbols. Nice. Right, right. That sounds good. Yeah, her quote was that symbols are always tricky to do because you don't want to accidentally use some ancient symbol that's evil. So we did the symbols on her robe from the rune alphabet and some from Stonehenge. And then we added a line here and there to make sure they were unrecognizable, almost like crop circles. Crop circles. That's really cute. I also, you know what? I do appreciate it because I feel like a lot of like spooky movies have a reputation of being like haunted slash cursed just horrible things happen to people or people die like really quickly after being like on the movie so I love that she was superstitious enough to care about the cast and be like you know what I'm just gonna be safe and not summon the devil 
Yeah, wholesome all the way around. Um, Love it. Careful. And so Benny Midler was really the focus. And after that, they're like, okay, we'll go with purple and like the burgundy orange moment that Mary has. So Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah in the movie too, was like a witch princess look. And then Kathy, who plays Mary, they're going for like an alchemist vibe. I feel like I can kind of understand that from her. She seems like... She's supposed to be like the funny one, but she seems much more knowledgeable about random things. Like I think about when she was talking about, she's like, oh, I don't smell children. I smell squad. And then she starts explaining yeah. what squid is. Yeah. And she's definitely more competent than Sarah. Like Sarah is just yeah. there for the looks. And she's there for the aesthetic. Loki, my favorite because she's so like emotionally intelligent like she just wants to make Winnie feel better and she's like we should form a calming circle let's relax guys you that was so cute <laughs> so sweet circle. and then other notable characters we have Billy Butcherson he was modeled after Ichabod Crane from the legend of Sleepy Hollow fun fact my dad's actually from Sleepy Hollow so I like grew up oh reading that story i love that story growing up too um yeah so his costume was modeled after him uh in a black and white drawing in a children's book so it was like 17th century coat and boots for him and then danny they were very diligent about making her look different from the other witches and her costume was made to look like it was made by her mom and look very you know 90s chick going trick-or-treating they didn't want her to look too fancy that's so adorable and like it honestly was a really good idea because it um the whole point of costume design is to move the story along and help tell the story and it really makes a lot of sense looking at it you're like either your mom made that or you bought that from the halloween store and it was like 50 percent off i just sidebar i just want to say the halloween store sucks 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 like you're so better off just going off to random stores and pulling random pieces or going thrifting. And like, I'm not saying from a sustainability standpoint, even I'm just remembering as a kid, all my costumes fit like shit, the flimsiest fabric. Like they must be just raking in cash from selling these shithole costumes. Really, honestly. And they're so expensive. Like as a kid, like, I mean, sometimes you want things that like cannot be made. Um, but like a lot of times you can just, especially as an adult, save your money, make your costume, like, and you have so anything, just like put it together with the items you already have, or literally go and buy items that you would wear regularly. That's what I always do now. Like if I have to buy things for my costume, it'll be something that I can wear all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if you're not a sewer or a, a fashion designer, sewing seems like such a project, but if you have access to a machine and can get a pattern, like sew your costume, sew your kid's costume. Anyways, rant over, but I just want to say how shitty Halloween store costumes are. Cause they're just not worth it. Really avoid the spirit Halloween that has popped up in the bones of whatever retail store that has just died in that area <laughs> unless you needed like a wig or something <laughs> unless you need a wig or some like they have good party supplies but not costumes my favorite okay really quickly my favorite meme this is it'll connect i promise my favorite meme from the queen dying was that in the um 
Buckingham Palace. Somebody edited in a spirit Halloween sign and they were like, wow, they move fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's really bad, but it's so fucking funny. Okay, we can circle back to Spirit of Halloween because I have more thoughts, but we're going to keep it moving for the listener. You're welcome. So (laughs) the inspiration from the costumes came from a combination of fairy tales and a story, or sorry, a series of drawings called Los Caprichos. So it's a Spanish Inquisition drawing that uh, Mary, the designer, loved. So those were her inspo points. And then when they had that big, in the first movie, the big Halloween party where the everybody gets cursed and keeps dancing, all those costumes were Disney hand-me-downs because they run out, ran out of money by that time. That scene was filmed towards the end of shooting. So she had already spent all the money on like the witches, Billy Butcherson, and Danny. So they just like went through all the Disney costumes and just pulled random stuff. You know, it's so funny because... I didn't even realize until watching it this year that they were being cursed to dance. I literally just like heard it and I didn't, I didn't even register. That's Um, mind blowing to me. I know. Isn't that so dumb? So you thought the parents were just like out partying until like sunrise? I literally was like, what irresponsible parents? Oh, MG Ashley. (laughs) I know. Um, But I love that they were just hand-me-downs because it's kind of a perfect storm. And I feel like you'll find with a lot of these Halloween movies or like um, horror movies even, they usually have a pretty low budget. Um, They And then they end up being like cult classics. I know that Hocus Pocus is originally was like a box office flop like it didn't do well and everyone was like well i was in a shitty movie for disney once like how cool is that and then all of a sudden it just like blew up oh my gosh there's a name for these types of movies it's really gonna bother me that i can't remember what it is but yeah movies that do poorly in the box office and then become a cult classic so hocus pocus started becoming a classic about five years after it was released in the theater, they started putting it on TV every Halloween and then it got picked up by younger audiences. Because when they originally filmed it, I just read this a few minutes ago, the scene when like the cat gets run over the, by the bus, like all the kids in the movie theater were crying. Aww. And they were like, oh no, we made kids cry. Like it wasn't <laughs> popular. And then the last thing about the original Hocus Pocus is that because the movie was a flop, they actually rented out the original costumes for years before the movie became popular. So you could just rent the witches' costumes and like tons of people wore them. That's so interesting to me because I'm like, did they do it because they had, they needed the money to like recoup the money? I don't think it was that. I think it was just that it, it wasn't an iconic movie. And in this article, it kind of, said that things used to work differently the way they archived outfits like now i feel like for every movie everything's put in storage immediately and we talked about in the fran fine episode two like that was all in a warehouse all her wardrobe until they gave it away so i think it was just kind of like kicking around and they just decided they're like oh it's a costume we'll rent it out and then eventually when it had a cult following they decided to just finally save and preserve the costumes I like that they at least put it to good use. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder who was able to wear the costumes because that's so cool. If you're listening and you rented out the original Hocus Pocus outfits, where are you now? Let us know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'd love to know. Okay, so Hocus Pocus 2, this 
costume designer was Salvador Perez, and he's friends with the original designer, Mary Bott. Before we get into the costume nitty gritty, what were your major thoughts and takeaways from the film? I thought it was really interesting and kind of funny that it was clearly heavily sponsored by Walgreens. Yeah, (laughs) heavily. It was like, and no shade. I literally, my first job ever was at a Walgreens. So like, love you Walgreens. But I thought it was hilarious that like, it was so clear that they sponsored this movie. And I saw other ads for the movie presented by Walgreens. And I was like, this is just really funny. Um, Also, SJP's eyebrows were so freaking weird, man. Like, they just looked sad. Like she had a humpty, a dumpty eyebrows. And I was like, was this, why did you guys do her like this? And I know you had said before when we were talking about it, you were like, well, they said that that's how it was originally. And then I was like, no, because she clearly had like very full Mm kind of like that nineties bombshell brushed up eyebrows that were really bushy. Um, So I was like, I don't know why you guys did that to her, but she looks so weird. I think they were a shade too dark. And then maybe because she's a little bit older, maybe they were more harsh on her face. So maybe if they just tone it down a little bit, it would have looked the same. But yeah, that was weird. I really liked the movie overall. I did notice Sarah Jessica Parker in the beginning of the movie, particularly when they were in the Walgreens. She had a few body movements or like her voice went a certain way that I was like, that is Carrie Bradshaw, not Sarah, the Sanderson sister. Did you notice that? She seemed a little too serious. And I feel like it sounds like we're ragging on Sarah Jessica Parker, but it's really just like an observation, okay? She did seem much more serious and maybe just because of her age as well, much more serious than original Sarah would be. Um, I just thought it was kind of like the other two were really into it. She felt just noticeably more down to earth than Sarah would be. Well, I read something in the past when she had taken this job. It was kind of like a random acting job. And she was talking about how when she would take breaks, she would bring snacks up when she would do that. Um, The scene when she was on the broom, when they were filming it, she would like take her break in the harness and hang out up there and stuff. So I I feel like she just took on this acting job, not thinking it would be this movie would ever be a thing. So then when she was like, oh, shit, I have to actually revisit and re vitalize this character maybe she was a little bit unsure of what to do I think overall she did a great job there were just yeah. a few moments where I was like oh that's Carrie Bradshaw yeah I mean that makes sense and like I totally understand that like sometimes it's hard to recapture the magic and like the mood that you were in when you were doing a certain thing and it's kind of like magical in that way because like you'll it's like this moment in time but at the same time it's like if you're asked to revisit it like 20 years later then maybe yeah you're gonna have a hard time yeah totally so overall i thought it was really good i love the backstory of the girls the girl who played winnie needs a freaking oscar i loved the origin story of them and seeing the woods and the original um witch that like let them in i thought that was so cool and i honestly just really do appreciate good storytelling and a lot of spooky movies they always do this kind of thing where the scary thing initially happens even if it's like a fun scary movie that thing initially happens and then the second movie there's like a prequel situation 
And I just love getting that good, solid background that's not too long, too confusing. It just tells you who they are, how they are. And you feel bad for these kids in the beginning. You're like, these are literal children. Like, where is their mom? <laughs> and the last thing I want to say is that I've seen a lot of people on the internet ragging on this movie. I think that unless they had the complete original cast with like Danny and Max and whatever, they're like they had to have a different spin on it. It could never be the original movie. So I feel like for a revival, I feel like it was really good. I really like like I'm gonna rewatch it. Oh yeah, like one after the other. I don't I do feel like it's very weird that a lot of people were like, it's not good. It's not the same. How can it be the same? Everyone's much older now. Um, the You can't recapture the magic of this campy little movie from the 90s. Like it's, it's just not going to be the same. And going in with that expectation is really kind of weird, you guys. Like it was a fun movie. Did you have fun watching it? Maybe you should rewatch it and manage your <laughs> expectations. Me and Austin had a few giggles and funny. Yeah, it was I it was a great like 2022. It was as good as it could have been, I think, like I said, without like the original cast. So full cast. Yeah. Right. Anyways, I loved it. I thought it was fun. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> so Hocus Pocus 2. Salvador Perez is the costume designer. So there are some changes and some things that kind of kept the same. Um, some of the small changes were that they brighten Winnie's dress to reflect the color better on digital filming. They updated the details on Sarah's corset to be more lavish. They wanted to dive a little bit deeper with this film. So instead of putting the random symbols on Winnie's outfit, the director was like, all right, I really want everything in this movie to have meaning. So, and then the costume designer realized that the fans kind of interpreted their own meaning from the symbols last time so everything was really geared towards the fans so mary's costume had filigree rings on the bodice they had a jewelry create new rings and hammered brass with the words water air fire and earth and the alphabet of maggie m-a-g-i or maybe meiji i don't know it's a wiccan language oh any wiccans out there let us know um yeah so they updated her skirt fabric and yeah, that was pretty much what they did for Mary. Sarah's costume was insane. She, her costume has always been my favorite, but it had hand embroidery with the thorny branches and spiders on it. And she, we know she loves her spiders. She does. I actually wanted to ask you about her costume because I noticed something that I don't think I noticed before. When she was on her broom, does she have an M slit in her dress? Because I thought she had one. And then I was like, I can't get over the fact that she looks like she has an M slit in her skirt. Oh, I don't know. I thought she had one, two. I'm trying it. So I know in the first movie, she lifts up her dress and kind of stomps on the concrete when they think it's like water or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like it lifted up, but maybe she was pulling it up. So it's hard. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. Um but I do want to point out her Swiffer wet jet was her newest accessory. Loved and it. And according to this article, it complemented her outfit perfectly. <laughs> so for the girls. Oh, and then we have. So Winnie, like this time, I think they again, like used more Wiccan symbols and more just things that had deeper meaning. Okay. So on the 
girl versions of the sisters in the backstory. Anne Fletcher, the director, wanted them to have bonnets that matched the adult silhouette of their hair. So that's why Winnie got the double buns. Mary still had like a swirl in her bonnet. And they all had their signature colors that they were wearing. And then another really fun component of this movie that I loved was a costume contest of all the imitations of the Sanderson sisters. Like think of being a costume designer and how cool it would be to design other people's imitations of the costume that you've already designed. I love the different interpretations too, like the guys in drag and like some of the girls had like really like just cheap costumes on and they, I think they won. I was just like, that's insane that they even did. But I love that they went a lot of different directions with it. Yeah. So they, when talking about how they design these costumes, especially for the drag Sorry for the drag queens. Um, he said they designed a lot of versions of the Sanderson system. Oh my gosh. Can I talk? It would be helpful if I could talk on a podcast. <laughs> so they designed a lot of versions of the Sanderson sisters costumes that were never used. So basically for the drag queens, he was like, all right, everything that I was told that was way too over the top is what we're going to put on the drag queens. And then they only had a few days to make all those costumes. That's actually so insane that they only had a few days to make all of that because like I mean it wasn't like insane but like to bring something from like the beginning to the end in a couple of days is a lot to do I mean I wouldn't want that project on my lap in a few days that's <laughs> just me uh, I mean I'm sure he had a team so I'm sure it was fine and then another thing you guys might notice is there's a really big similarity between the mother witch, like the witch from the beginning who passed down the book to the sisters and Danny's original Halloween costume, the girl from the original film. That was not on purpose. They were trying to give the mother witch a distinct look. So they went more towards those darker colors that just happened to align with Danny's. And then also in the movie, there's a really strong recurring theme of eyeballs, which is like a nod to the book. Mm-hmm. So there are eyeballs on... Izzy's blouse, an eyeball on Cassie's shoes, and Becca had like an eyeball charm. They all had like their own like little wicked necklaces, and they all subtly had their own versions of the Sanderson system, Sanderson sisters colors. So they didn't want it to be blatant in your face, but they each kind of represented like the next generation. And so one of them aligned with each of the three witches. Yeah. You lost it for the second movie. I love that. I love that they really took this movie and handled it with care. And um, it was still equally as fun, um, especially in the costuming. Like you could you could really tell that a lot of thought went into it. And I have to say, it must be so much more fun to do this movie again with the budget that they must have had because they know they're going to make a lot of money regardless of what the movie actually was. Um, yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. And I love that, like, just the energy around it was so fun. And do you know anything about, like, they had, like, a flash mob situation? Oh, my gosh. I didn't read anything about it. But you know what? You know what I do know, Ashley, is that I freaking applied to be an extra in this movie. And they didn't pick me. And I know I would have killed it in the goddamn flash mob. (laughs) I literally looked at Ian's mom and I was like, Sandy and I applied to be in there. <laughs> we're gonna be in there. We should have been. Gosh, what are you doing? Disney, get it together. And they were oh paying gosh. like a hundred bucks a day, which isn't a ton of money, but to be doing something like in a movie that you love, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. And then like you could clearly see pretty much everyone's face in that mob. So like you could you would have been able to see us. 
maybe we just weren't picked because God knew how annoying I would have been if I was picked. I would have posted oh my on my Instagram every day. Here's another angle on my face Literally. and a hocus pocus too. Here's me again. Here's what I wore. <laughs> Here's my hand. Hi, here. Here's me again. Here's my hand. Here's my tooth. Here's my fingernail. Do you see my nose? Oh my God, look at me. It's the edge of my hair. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, do you want to dive into Halloween now? I would love to. So, okay. yeah, I, by the way, I just want to say I've never watched any of the Halloween movies. So in the words of Michael Scott, explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old. Amazing. I was prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so in true Ashley and Sandy fashion, Sandy did a really fun and cute movie and I'm doing something terrifying. I am doing Halloween, the Michael Myers film, not the holiday. <laughs> So Halloween, for anyone who does not know, is a 1978 cult classic. It's a slasher film, and it is, or it's about, this young boy who is around six years old who murders his sister, and he's dressed as a little clown when he does it, and Michael Myers. The scene like opens up with like him watching his sister and her boyfriend, like just kind of hanging out and they go right upstairs and then um, he goes into his sister's room and like kills her with this big butcher knife. And he has a little clown mask on when he does it and his parents come home and he was supposed to be being babysat by someone else across the street, but he goes and grabs her and kills her and his parents come home and they're like, Michael, what did you do? um and then he he's institutionalized because he's obviously insane and then um he breaks out about 15 years later and then goes on a murderous rampage and kills a bunch of teenagers i i did watch the first one again and fun fact this is ian's favorite spooky movie so i do watch it once a year at least every year um there are also 13 i don't know if i said this 13 movies in this franchise i have not seen the other ones i've only seen the last three and the first one how many do they all have jamie lee curtis or no yeah she's in all 13 i'm pretty sure yeah this movie has been single-handedly paying her bills that's crazy I think that only the only one I think that she might not be in is the Rob Zombie directed one. But we don't talk about that one. Okay. That one. Okay. I'm lying. I've seen more of them than I care to admit. This is, I thought that there were four or five, but 13 is really excessive. I was watching, it is excessive. I've watched a lot of horror movies and like, you know why I didn't even realize there are so many horror movie franchises where you're like i didn't even know they made that many um i also watched the first hellraiser and then the last most recent one and in between that we're like looking for through all the movies like recommended movies and literally they just more kept popping up and i was like, how many freaking movies are there this is insane there's i just googled it halloween halloween 2 halloween 3 halloween 4 halloween 5 halloween the curse of michael myers halloween age 2-0, Halloween Resurrection, Halloween 2007, like what? Halloween 2, 2009, 
Halloween again in 2018, Halloween Kills 2021, and Halloween ends in 2022. Right. So I've watched the last, the last like trilogy of it too. It was decent, decent ending. So like we just mentioned, there are a billion and one films, but I will primarily be focusing on the first one because it really is the one that set everything in motion. And I will say it still holds up as a spooky horror movie. After watching, I definitely did make sure that our doors were locked. Perfect. (laughs) So um, the horror villain in this movie is Michael and he wears a iconic white mask with like this fuzzy brown hair on top with like no expression on it and his institution um, forest green coveralls. And he has his big kitchen knife and some boots. A big kitchen knife. That's his accessory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so some background on this mask. It is actually another celebrity's face. What? Right. I know. So it's actually William Shatner. <laughs> what? From How? Star Trek. So a lot of these movies, like I mentioned before, have a very low budget. People do not invest in horror movies until they're already like gigantic box office hits. So they basically had a measly, I think it said like $30,000 to work with. It was so little. So they just went into a Halloween store and were like, okay, let's like find a little spooky mask. And they had some other people in mind that you could buy masks of. One of them was Nixon. (laughs) <laughs> which is also terrifying okay the guy's creepy looking <laughs> equally scary huh equally scary equally scary imagine if you painted him with white makeup um but yeah it's actually uh william shatner um and the director hired tommy lee wallace as a production designer and wallace was the one who bought the shatner mask from a costume shop for under two dollars nice thinking right on the money and to remove the human element of the mask he widened the eye holes and got rid of the sideburns and it had distinctive eyebrows on it um and as we know that anything without eyebrows is terrifying i know that a lot of girls are bleaching their eyebrows right now and it looks very good on them because there's still some hair there Mm -hmm. but like once you shave eyebrows off like jeffree star it's terrifying that's why (laughs) that's why jeffree star looks like lord voldemort and is terrifying yeah even with the bleach brows you still have some texture there so just to have the nothing is very scary the hint of eyebrows is like really the um the differentiator a whisper of eyebrows, eyebrows. <laughs> okay so the mask was then spray painted and transformed it into an emotionless figure so shatner's captain kirk mask was chosen because his features weren't very prominent which I think makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of um, comic books and novels written on this story as well. He's often referred to as the shape. Hmm. So look at the shape in the night. He's just a spooky little guy who was well, not little. He's real big, um, but he's the shape in the night. That's going to come get you, uh, which is also repeated in the movie all, all the time. Like he's going to get you like he's the boogeyman. It makes sense that they don't have something very prominent, which is, honestly really the opposite of what they tend to do for people who they cast in movies um i saw someone on tiktok who was like believe it or not i don't know um but i'm choosing to believe it 
they said like they cast a lot of actors because they have like recognizable prominent features so it's interesting to have that be the opposite for this Mm -hmm. and because they only had three hundred thousand dollars to work with for everything the cast was mostly told to wear their own clothes interesting so when I was looking this up it was really hard to find like a costume designer Mm -hmm. and the more I looked at it the more I was like that makes sense there wasn't too many people who were like working on the costumes because there really weren't any which I thought was really interesting because it does give it more of a um a real feel if that makes sense, like, like these are normal people mm-hmm. uh, that this is happening to, which made it even funnier to me. Because when I was rewatching it with like the purpose in mind of using it for the show, I was like, wow, their outfits are just so of the time. It's so 70s, like yeah. late 70s. But like they had their hair flipped out. They all had like bell bottom jeans on and like button downs. Like they all look like very business casual, like going to school, like so cute. And I just was like, especially um I remember her name but the girl who is not the one who wears the pink and says like oh, I forget my math book and my science book and whatever book like the other one with the brown curly hair who gets killed first by Michael she is wearing the cutest outfit that I would literally wear now she had like true blue bell-bottom jeans on a um yellow sweater vest like a sunflower yellow and like a white button down underneath and like brown curly flipped hair and I was like that is such a cute outfit that looks so adorable and those are her clothes oh that's honestly genius I'm surprised more movies don't do that. And I'll also say like costume designers are mostly for like fantasy movies, like true people actually designing a lot. If it's like a real life quote unquote movie, a lot of times it's kind of more so like a stylist. Right. Which a lot of movies are like that. Just like a stylist compiling things together, like going to Goodwill, grabbing a bunch of stuff and making it look the way they need to look. People aren't really like sitting and sewing things that would cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But if anyone wants to pay us to do it, we're available. Hell yeah. For a high price. Very high. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So the main character Jamie Lee Curtis played was Laurie Strode. And she actually went a little bit more above and beyond because she does come from famous, rich, wealthy parents. They took her to JCPenney and got her some clothes. (laughs) She, she, she. Uh, which I also think was really like a cool idea because like where would this girl shop? She's like 15 or 16. JC Benny, looking at her clothes and knowing that she went there, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. And I feel like when we're first introduced to the heroes of any story, they're often wearing white or light colors to kind of paint them in an innocent view. And the movie really tried to show Lori as like she's not having sex with anyone in her um like her friends are she's not she's like the boys don't talk to me because I'm too smart they don't like me and like she still does like she's in their her car with her friend who dies first and is like um <laughs> and they're like smoking weed or whatever but you can really tell that she does not do this she's not yeah. she can't hang like that so I thought it was really interesting the first time you meet her she has on like a cardigan like a light cardigan a long skirt white tights and like flats and she just looks really cute um so yeah Jamie Lee and her parents um took her to looking it up at JC Penny. Is JCPenney yeah. even still around? I don't think so, right? I 
there is not one around us. <laughs> I think it's out of business. I feel oh, wow. confident the more I say that out loud. That makes sense. Um, so going off of that, Lori's wardrobe cost under a hundred dollars for the whole movie. Wow. Which is insane. Even, even in at, 70s dollars, that's nothing. Even in Dixie Penny cost, that's nothing. Yeah. And then moving on to more of Lori's outfits is when she's finally being attacked by Michael, she has on a blue button down that has long sleeves that are kind of rolled up. And she has on true blue colored um, boot cut jeans. And um, this is a scene too, it's really iconic that leaves her with a scar on her arm, but he tries to stab her and he just cuts down the length of her arm. But it's just a graze because she's that bitch. Just a scratch. Right. And um, I thought she she runs out of the house and you see her just kind of running around and you're like wow this is such a 70s outfit it looks so of the time her hair is like beautifully blown out and flipped in the front and she's like running screaming and you're like she looks amazing she's not wearing anything that's remarkable she looks like a normal teenager which like i said before for hocus pocus it's so it paints such a clear picture of who this person is mm-hmm. and it makes you really focus on just what's happening and you're like this is a teenage girl who's babysitting two little kids who just wanted to have a good time on Halloween who was carving a pumpkin with this little boy Tommy and she's being attacked by this man who later you realize that that is um his like the long lost sister that he didn't know about and he there's a lot of there's a lot of lore around this that I've only just just dived into but yeah he's basically after her because that's his sister um so she runs out of the house that he's attacking her in and then tries to go into or try to get the attention of her neighbors and i'm looking at this like wow crazy she looks amazing beautiful running and terrified and she this thing i just feel like i need to, to mention she bangs on one of her neighbor's door and there's a lady and she comes to like, the screen door and she's like, oh my God, excuse me, ma'am, can you help me? Like this man is going to kill me. It's so crazy. And this bitch, she turns off her porch light. <sighs> oh my God. That's so, that's the thing. Like a lot of the times why I can't get into these types of movies is because like, there's so many ridiculous things that happen. I know. And I was like, call me crazy. And I know people say like, you should never open your door or whatever. But if someone was screaming like that, I would let them in. I would have a weapon present, but I would probably let them in. Um, yeah. Also, my toxic trait is thinking that I can easily outrun Mike Myers because I have dreams that I'm being chased all the time. And in my dreams, I'm always like scanning the best spot to run really quickly and coming up with a quick game plan. So I'm like, I have practice running from people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Also, I I feel similarly, although my toxic trait is believing wholeheartedly that I can fight whoever it is who is bothering me. (laughs) Um, So I'm like, I'll beat them up. Don't worry. Don't be scared of me. (laughs) Some other fun facts about the costuming for this movie was that Michael Myers was almost a clown. Oh, that would have been really scary. I feel like it would have been smart to... um, really lean into like everyone's clown phobia i know there's a real word for it but i don't actually know it okay um but like a lot of people are scared of clowns um which is why as a kid he was wearing a clown costume 
Well, I was going to say because he was wearing it when he was a kid, it would make sense as an adult to just keep wearing it. Oh my gosh. Ooh, I forgot. I don't know why I forgot this. Going back to Lori's blue outfit is the reason why I brought it up is that um, in the last movie, Halloween Kills, where she actually does end the saga of Halloween and kills Michael, um, Lori is wearing a blue button down and blue cut jeans when she ki- kills not only him, but his um, new accomplice that he has created to help him also do things and his accomplice had a clown mask as well i feel like it was such an interesting full circle moment and it seems so intentional that they put her back in the outfit that she was wearing when he first attacked her um and she even like fixed her hair and they made a comment about how she she chopped her hair off and cut it the same way that she had it when she was a teenager uh can i just say is this like the star wars trilogy where the same thing happens every few movies like oh they killed mike myers and then he's just like not actually really dead yeah pretty much <laughs> like with the death star like oh we destroyed the death star in star wars and it's like well surprise they built another one so it's like basically a horror star wars is what we're talking about right yeah it's basically the same thing um and then <sighs> over time some of the like lore and stuff has changed as well Um, But yeah, it's pretty much the same. Like they just, they try to kill him. And like towards the end, they really do lean into the fact that like he's some kind of supernatural being. Mm. I guess that makes sense if he just like never dies. Like you have to go that route. Yeah, but they did a really good job of making sure you know that he's dead because they actually put him in like a wood chipper. But then what's in Halloween ends? That's what I mean. Halloween ends, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Halloween kills. Sorry, I misspoke. It's Halloween ends. They ruin his body. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good, good. They should have done that in the first movie. They really should have. But I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to get a hold of a wood chipper as like a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's not too much about the costuming, but I thought that was really interesting, especially like, sorry, William Shatner. No, it is really interesting and it's really unique that they are asked to wear their own clothes. I mean, I truly appreciate how little most horror films are given to work with. And then so much of it really just, I feel like it's because like they're given so little, they have to kind of like finesse it a lot. Yeah. And it usually comes out really good. And some of the higher, like big budget films, they do really bad because they, they like do all this glitz and glamour and whatever. But like, if you really look at Halloween, it's like just a bunch of kids in a, like in a neighborhood running from house to house, scared. And they're wearing their normal clothes with a very scary score like movie music score yeah Um, okay um so like (laughs) I thought that was like wow that's so it's a little things you know what I mean that really makes you scared makes you think like oh just really lock your door and be aware of everyone that's around you um yeah and I thought the costumes told a really succinct story about who each individual character was and they looked really normal Ah, well, that I feel like I want to, I cannot commit to all 13 movies, but like, I feel like maybe I want to watch the first one and the last one. 
Yeah, I would recommend watching the first one and then like the last three. We'll see. We'll see. I know that's <laughs> a lot to commit to. Um, but definitely the first one because like, I mean, I've seen clips of it. I remember like sitting with my dad is a chronic TV clicker. Like he just oh. clicks, 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 and he never actually. So I've I've seen like scenes of it with my dad just clicking endlessly. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like Austin might watch it with me because it's like so ridiculous, you know? It is kind of ridiculous, but it's really like it's still a little bit scary if you watch more of them. Um, because like I said, it just feels very normal and you're like, what the hell is wrong with him? And I think that it's easy to not be scared by the first one because there's not a lot of like backstory. Um, there's also not a lot of like horrific gore in it, which I appreciate. Yeah. Cause while I'm a, while I'm a horror person, I'm not a gore person and I find it to be very weird to be one of those people. So weird because you, there are the people like, Oh, it's fake. Like, yeah, but it's imitating reality so like why do you want to watch somebody's insides get cut out like there's something wrong with you whether you are interested or think it's funny like either way there's something wrong with you oh my god yeah it's like the people who are like oh the jeffrey dahmer show just wasn't gory enough like what the hell is wrong with you you know what he did to people and it was disgusting and foul why do you want to see that reenacted like that is just traumatizing you need help uh greed (laughs) um do you want to dive into some spooky stories? Yes. I have. So we've talked about in the past about celebrity ghost stories. You can Google. There's like 50 terrifying ghost stories told by famous celebrities. Um, I picked out Demi Lovato's because I thought it was funny. <laughs> and a, a lot of the stories, quote unquote, are just people being like, I saw a ghost one time. Like it's hard to find an actual story story. Mm-hmm. We talked about Ariana Grande in our uh, Kibby Body Types episode. We So we did one celebrity ghost story before. This one is Demi Lovato's. She talks about how she goes ghost hunting and blah, blah, blah. One time her friend Tucker came over and he said, is your house haunted? I, Demi Lovato, is I? I said, yeah, just watch. Something will happen. Something always happens. We started to watch a movie when all of a sudden a laptop in my kitchen started to play a movie also. It was a black screen before, so it was a question of who turned it on and hit play. And then after that, Tucker texted a friend saying, I think this house is haunted. A movie just turned on by itself. And there was a glitch in his phone that kept texting him back the word definitely over and over and over about 30 times. That's really that while Demi Lovato is like insane in my mind, that's still scary. When the movie turned on, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But the fact that they were texted back definitely 30 times when like the person that they were texting wouldn't say definitely if they didn't know if they hadn't been in the house. It's pretty creepy. Oh, yeah. 30 times is a lot. And that feels really freaky. Also, it feels like a response to what they were saying out loud, which is very scary. That is freaky shit because at first I was like oh it's like poltergeist she's just making this up and I'm like that's that's weird (laughs) and I haven't this one didn't happen to me but I always remembered it because I thought it was so creepy a woman I was babysitting for when I was little I wasn't even really babysitting I was more mother's helper so she definitely shouldn't have told me this story but she said when she was a kid her and her friend were playing with a Ouija board stop it right now And she was trying to contact like her grandma or something. 
and the Ouija board said swing and they looked outside at their swing set and the swings were like going great, not just blowing <gasps> in, but like, sw- like someone was swinging on it. Andy, stop. That's so scary. And I know that that's, that could just sound like I just wrapped my blanket around myself. I know it sounds like that could be just like bullshit, but the way this went, like she was like visibly upset, almost like she was telling me this because I was a kid, because I wouldn't judge her if that makes sense. Yeah, like she, she couldn't, couldn't confide. Anybody. Like she couldn't confide in other adults. And, if, and she told like another friend that it was, it was like two of us, like small, maybe like 12, 13 year old girls, like babysitting together. And she was like, yeah, you know, I just kind of like brushed it off, like whatever. Um, I thought maybe like another, I was trying to contact my grandma, but maybe another spirit was like playing a joke on us. Um, but there is Ashley, you're definitely more into like the woo than I am. Although I am very like open and into it, but Ouija boards are just like a, they're a no-go they're a no-no like I'm not the most superstitious person but like I would not I will not touch a Ouija board like I wouldn't have one in my house like I've just heard too many stories at this point of like really really bad things happening and there's a medium we we both like that we've talked about before Mystic Michaela she has her own podcast and she's talked about how using a Ouija board is like going into the middle of like Times Square and being like party at my house. Who wants to come? Like, it's not saying you're going to like directly summon something from hell, but like any spirit that's hanging around that's available will just like pop through and be like, Hey, what's up? I'm here. Like, yeah, you just and don't like, want random energy in your space. Right. That's like going like yelling at the tea, like, Hey, he wants to go. I'm having a party. And then like, imagine all the weirdos who like exist on the tea. Yeah, because only the weirdos are going to show up because they don't care that they were like, yeah. So anyways, we don't, we don't do that. Um, This time of the year is my favorite time, honestly. Like I love spooky, love to get scared. Um, I do have a little story from Salem because I went last weekend with my family. So my sister came home from college and she really wanted to go to Salem. So she wanted to go and see the house at the Seven Gables. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went down there, we walked around for a while. We go around to see the house and it was closed because it was at nighttime. So it was fine. We got to still see what she seemed to be happy with. We like peeked in and everything. My mom was having a good time. She took pictures of us and everything. Aww. So we run around the whole house, like two little children, trying to like peek into it. And then we start to leave. And right across from the entrance of the house, there's this other house that is, um, March is like 771 something, like Townsend. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, please let me know if you have any history on this house, okay? So we walk out and it's like directly across. And um, my dad kind of points it out and he goes, what's that? That looks important. And my sister was like, I don't think so. And I, with my little historical brain, was like, I'm going to take a picture of this so I can Google it later because I kind of want to know. I want to, since it caught your guys' attention, I want to figure out what it is. So I take a picture of the front and my family is like ahead of me. And I just like, hey, wait, I want to take this picture. So I stand very still to get a clear picture, obviously, of this um, address plate on it. And I make sure, like, I just, I can't stress stress enough. I make sure that I'm standing still and taking a good clear photo so I can read it later because it is dark outside. So I take the photo and I go, yeah, that looks good. 
And then I walk away with my family. We go off, we go have dinner. And then we go to this place called Goodnight Fatty. That's a, a dessert place. And, and you have to say how you texted Ian. Oh my God. Yeah. I was updating Ian on what we were doing. And I had said to him, like, we're at Goodnight Fatty. And I told him, like, I'm going to get you a cookie because it's like a dessert place. <laughs> and he thought I called him a fatty and he <laughs> didn't even respond. He was like, what? I told him later on when I got home, I was like, oh, I went to this place. It's called Goodnight Fatty. Isn't that such a funny name? And he was like, I thought you were just being mean to me. Like, I don't even know why you would say that to me. And I was like, that's so awful. I would never. Oh my God. Obviously you wouldn't just randomly be like, goodnight fatty. <laughs> I know. So oh. I'm waiting in line and my mom um, wanted me to take a picture of her in front of this um, storefront because they had this big like truck with like a Halloween, like spooky setup with like a, a lot of cool stuff. And I go and take the picture and then I go to like send her the photos as we're waiting in line. And I see my picture that I took of the address and it is all warped as if I was running when I took that photo. It's like this big wisp. It's a white plate. And it was like this big wisp around it that looked like I like did some kind of crazy Cirque du Soleil moves when I was taking the photo and I just looked there I looked at my parents and I was like I think I caught a, a spooky photo for the first time ever I think that I caught something really weird because this looks insane and we'll definitely post this on the Instagram so you guys will be able to see yeah, um good idea but I was like oh my god spooky and it wasn't scary to me I just thought like oh my god cool yeah I mean, I, f- I always say with like things like that, like if it was something really like menacing or very scary, like you would immediately have like a gut reaction. Yeah. I didn't feel like scared. I just thought like, oh, that's interesting, like kind of weird. Um, And while I was there, I guess I tried to take note of whether or not it felt weird before I took a photo of it. So I didn't do something that it wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I caught a spooky photo, guys. <laughs> so fun. Oh my gosh. And I, I, what I wanted to say about Salem earlier was like, I've actually never been, but obviously being from Massachusetts, that's kind of weird. And I mean to go every year, but it always passes. But I saw a TikTok of what Salem looked like this past week. And it was like, it's insane. It was like 60,000 people. Like you, It was like worse than downtown Boston at like rush hour when everyone's getting on the T. Like you couldn't even walk in the street and people were saying if you do anything at all, you need a reservation. And then Austin saw a t- like the city of Salem tweet tweeted at like six or 7 a.m. Like, do not come here. There's no parking left or like, don't come here via car because parking, I guess, is always a huge problem anyways. Oh my God, it took us forever to go park somewhere. We had to drive around this little parking lot over and over and over and just like wait for someone to leave before we could get yeah that's the other reason why I haven't been is because a lot of people say you have to get there at 7 a.m or you have to take the train the commuter rail there which is like fine if you live in Boston Boston but if you don't it's kind of a pain so I don't know I'll go one year but it's I wouldn't go past like today the day we're recording on October 16th like I probably wouldn't even go the second half of October oh we should go like in November I feel like that would be a really fun outing for us. And there's a lot of like, like really cute little stores there. And I was like, I would honestly think it'd be really fun to have like a cute little spooky store there. Even if it wasn't like entirely yeah. a scary store, but imagine like a little bridal shop that's like for people who want like a tiny dash of like spooky in their wedding. 
it would just be so cool to be like a mysterious spooky person living there like in hocus pocus 2 when he has the magic shop but instead of magic you had like some cool clothes and some accessories and some home stuff and they all just had like a spooky touch yeah just a little touch of darkness (laughs) just a little just a dash Okay, so to wrap it up, if you want, I have a list of some of 2022's top costumes. Oh my gosh, I love that. This is just from like a random website. It may or may not be true. To name a few, we have Stranger Things costumes, but instead of 11 with the egg out, we'll probably be more like 80s metal, like uh, oh, Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. I feel like we're going to see a lot of Eddie Munson's, but I do think that if you want to go full out, if you know how to play the guitar, like actually carry around like an acoustic, you obviously, I mean, you could carry on an electric guitar with the mini amp if you want, but like, if you can, you should try to play the guitar while you're walking around. Or if, if you're at a party, like bring it with you. Be legit or GTFO, guys. Like literally, you don't you don't get to dress as Eddie Munson unless you can actually play the guitar. Another one is Top Gun. I feel like that's always been a corny, spirited of Halloween costume. I hate that so much. I feel <laughs> I feel like wearing the Top Gun outfit is like dressing as Hugh Hefner. Ugh. Yeah, Anna Delvey. I love that for her. You have to. Okay. So if you do this, you have to wear a ankle monitor and a black dress <laughs> because she just got out of prison and she is now doing what she, I saw a video recently of her literally getting her like New York times delivered to her. And she had a little black ankle monitor on. And I was like this, she has everything she wanted. Honestly, we're all talking about her. She's famous and like she's having a Lindsay Lohan fame moment where like her ankle monitor is like a trend. Yeah, it's camp. It is. It is high camp. Um, Another one that I'm disappointed in is Harley Quinn, not because I don't like her, but just because it's been popular for like five years now. So like, really, why is that on the list? Tomato. It's very overdone. It really is. Unless you're going to do like some really cool makeup, like you're going to paint your whole body white. I don't think this is a good one. <laughs> no. And and then I love this one. Avril Lavigne, but specifically like skater boy Avril Lavigne with the tie and the sweat wristbands because I wanted to also talk about Spirited of Halloween. I'm sure a lot of you guys and you, Ashley, have seen this on TikTok, but like Y2K, 90s and Y2K costumes are now a thing. Like they have muck. They have costumes of a pretend juicy couture sweatsuit and obviously they can't call it that, but that's what it obviously is. Why wouldn't you just buy it? That is so stupid. <laughs> why wouldn't why wouldn't you just buy yourself a juicy couture like sweatsuit or something adjacent to that? Because those are trending now. Like you can go get one of those at Victoria's Secret. I saw someone wearing one at work. Like someone came into my work wearing one and I was like, iconic. You look like Regina's George's mom in the best way possible. But I like the Avril Lavigne one because we talked about how the white tank top is really in right now. You can get like your loose loosest baggiest pants and then like 
people are wearing ties as accessories again. So not that I would wear that, but it's like, you could, if you if that's your aesthetic, those are all things you could recycle and rewear and people would totally know what your costume is. Once again, this is camp. I love it. Camp. Y2K camp. Oh my gosh. I have one. Okay. I am deep on Chrome Lady Biscuit Talk. Me too. Me too. And I wish that I wasn't. Be, I love it. <laughs> I feel like I'm part of a cult that I'm happy to be in. Um, if you guys know what that is, that would be a really funny costume that I think only a handful of people at the Halloween party would understand. And I'm so happy you're on that because we have not discussed this at all. <laughs> it's, mine is devolving. It's like pictures of young gravy on like baby bodies. Like it's getting really weird. What would you buy for that costume? Oh, you need like um a chrome morph suit, a purple mm-hmm. dress, like a a really cute purple dress that you could probably wear um at any time and a blonde wig very similar to how like platinum blonde but think cut like Anna Wintour I also feel like um I know there isn't a biscuit like accessory on the outfit but don't you think you could have like a dog biscuit that says biscuit on it like a real one or you can just strut around all night long singing taste the biscuit taste the the goodness of the biscuit (laughs) every time it comes up on my tiktok i swipe super fast to get it off my algorithm and it keeps coming back and now i'm getting all the weird remixes getting all the weird remixes and they're so funny i want to stay on biscuit talk forever i feel like i found my people oh my god um, so opposite. I'm like, i love this this is amazing moving it along <laughs> look i never want to think about that biscuit shit again we have lord of the rings because that's apparently like a thing that's being revived right now i don't really know too much about that but if you're into that sort of thing that could be a cool costume we're game of thrones people in this house yes i'm counting down the minutes to go watch the finale right now (laughs) we have five more minutes and then i'm out of here and then oh but this is my last one this is so good this is what like you and me would be if we had like an actual halloween party to go to Maddie and Cassie from Euphoria in their cheerleader costumes. Oh my God, that's so cool. I love that. I love that so much. If we were like rich housewives with nothing but time on our hands, like how fun would it be to like go to this fabric store and like buy the fabric and like make the costumes and like do the makeup and stuff? It'd be so fun. I would love to. I feel like it'd be really fun if we were both Maddie. Just. I feel like you would be Maddie and I would be Cassie. I think so. I think it kind of makes sense. Um, not in like how both of them have shitty things going on and how Cassie's a shitty person because you're wonderful. I love you. But I do think like just the general aesthetics of them, especially season two, you can really tell like Maddie's more like a vampy look and Cassie's more of like light and bubbly and like like baby blue. Yeah, yeah I feel like so that would be a really fun one if you have a party to go to if you're going with your bestie um but yeah I just I'm sick of like I don't know I did get invited to a Halloween party but I just have work every freaking day and when I don't have work I have school and when I don't have school I have a ton of homework I have to be doing so I'm like I might go I'll probably just slap on some cat ears or something but I'm just like I don't want to buy another cheap 
flimsy Halloween. Like I, if I really had advanced notice, I would love to just design something. It would be so fun. I feel like it's really fun. Um, if you're, if you're invited to a Halloween party last minute to just do some like really interesting face makeup and then coordinate your outfit accordingly. Yeah. Um, like you can always do a skull. I know it's basic, but it's really fun and you can do it really well and people won't call you basic if you do it really well. Um, you could also like be a zombie or like be some kind of really intricate vampire. Um, you can make fake, um, like scars and gashes with unflavored gelatin. And like paint I love that. It. And it's super fast and easy and it feels kind of nice because it's warm. <laughs> um, and you could just do that and be like, I'm a zombie and like put on like a Yeezy t-shirt that has holes in it. Oh my gosh. I mean, if you really want to go, like really want to do easy, you always have the ghost with the sheets with the two holes or mummy and toilet paper. Like you really can't go wrong with either of those. Yes. And also I think it's way funnier and more interesting to be a concept rather than a character for Halloween, which that allows you to do a lot of different things. Like it's just so much more interesting. I actually thought that because me and Ian aren't really doing anything this year for Halloween, we're having like a really cute inside Halloween. I thought that if anyone does come to the door, we are going to dress like ghosts and put our glasses on top. That is the cutest idea. I love that. <laughs> so that's my Halloween costume, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Thank you. I feel, you know, it'd be really funny to be like a slutty ghost and um, cut the dress. Make it like a dress, cut it really short. And just put on like fishnets and like some really crazy heels, but then you can't yeah. see any part of your body. They could just see your yep. feet. <laughs> you can make it into like a poncho, but like obviously oh keep the hood, like keep the top on. I love that. I'm going to do that. I have some um, high heel black snakeskin boots and I have some fishnet stockings. I'm going to put like white fishnet stockings on with my boots and then come to the door. <laughs> Amazing. I hope I will even get dressed up, but we'll see. Oh, well, are you ready to wrap it up? Are you done raging? Do you have any final Halloween feelings? Um, Have fun, guys. Um. Just listen to this twice, right when it comes out, <laughs> and then listen to it on Halloween so you can get extra spooky and um, listen to us talk about our spooky situations um, in the dark. Something scary. Freak yourself out. It's Halloween. Have a good time. <laughs> yeah, definitely live it up. Oh my God, I'm so tired. I can't even like brain sentence not forming. I'm going to go and finish the last two braids that I've had hanging out on the top of my head this entire recording. I was braiding my hair and giving myself some boho box braids. And I have two left. She has <laughs> a little tuft of hair in the back. Right, like bunny ears. <laughs> I okay. like it the way it is. It's like a, it's like a serious it's a front party in the back. <laughs> it's like a reward. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go watch House of Dragon and have fun with your braids. And thank you, everybody, so much for listening. And we will not be having a new episode next week, but the first week of November, we will be back. Stay tuned. We're getting into the holiday season. If you have any holiday winter topics that you want covered, we take requests. We take 
all the requests and you can write into us and let us know especially with the holidays coming up if there are any the am i the asshole stories let us know no story is too long we accept everything i forgot about that <laughs> i know i know we should we should really read them because they're really piling up <laughs> okay bye bye thank you for listening to ready to rage you can follow us on instagram and tiktok at ready to rage podcast send us an email with your thoughts on the episode anything you'd like us to include in the future at ready to rage podcast at gmail.com you can also donate on patreon at ready to rage don't forget to rate and review us on itunes Thank you. Thank you. Rage.